Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Um, I had to see my finance guy the other day and catch up with him. It's a good thing. It's not Graham Barlow. <laughs> Though he's great in that area. But when you get, you should throughout your life, everybody, have people around you who can help you look at your finances as you're going along. Denial is not a river in Egypt. It's just denial. <laughs> and you need to think about your life. You need to think about your finances. You need to think about your superannuation. You need to... <laughs> I just reiterate that again. You need to think about investments. You need to think about your life going forward. You need to think about it because your life's coming at you. Whether you're coming at it, it's coming at you. And so I was talking about investments again, and my finance guy always likes me because he goes, you're a risk taker, aren't you? And I go, yeah, I like a bit of risk. I think in life you've got to be a risk taker. But there's a point to know when not to take a risk, Graham. <laughs> Because <laughs> Graham's, Graham's not speaking, but it's coming out of his body at me. So, so I wanted to say to you, how's the investment of your life going? How is the investment of your life going? Because right now, whether you know it or not, you have invested your life, your time, your mind, your heart, your emotions, your words, your money, somewhere. And is that investment going well? And are you getting a good return from what you have given your life to? Because we need to be thinking about that because you're God's investment. Did you know that? You're God's investment. God made you, created you. I'm loving with my grandsons. Have I told you I've got two grandsons? I don't know if I've mentioned that. <laughs> But Joel and Micah already hit the planet running, and I'm just fascinated that they are just already so uniquely different. You know, they're cousins, but just the uniqueness, the difference, what they're carrying. I'm just looking on at babies going, wow, already God put you on the planet, and here you are as you are with your gifts, with your talents, with a calling, with an anointing. God's put a big investment in you, and now, you know, we're going to hopefully encourage and teach and, and cheer on and guide with uh, their parents, firstly, the investment God's put in them. God's put investment in you, and how you're using that investment is where your life's at right now. How you're using that investment. Now, by the way, you, if you got, just got started in life as a Christian, or you're not yet a Christian, my father set me up to be broke. His father set me up to be broke and poor and dysfunctional. That was the investment, sadly, from generational pain. Listen, somebody has to break the chain. Somebody in your family has to break the chain. Don't keep copying what didn't work for your family. Don't keep doing it. Stop copying it. If it didn't work for them, why are you doing it? Well, that's because they're my family. Spiritually, that your family is not meant to be leading you. 
if God has not placed them there to be the example for your calling. My family, you know, I, I love my family, but they are not impacting my calling. In fact, they have nothing to do with it. They're not called to it. Everybody, God's got an investment in you. And so my dad's family set me up to be broke and poor and problems. And mom's family are all the wealthy people. And uh, my dad upset them. So he impacted them impacting me <laughs> in a good way. So really, I've had to go to the Lord, broke, dysfunctional, poor, poor in spirit, poor in heart, poor in mind, poor in bank account, and say, Lord... You have to help my, life, help my life to turn around now because I'm coming at this from a place of empty. But that's a long time ago now. So that's when I'm 18, 40 years ago. And now there's been sowing and investing, changing words, changing actions, changing heart, reposition myself from the club to the church. <laughs> Reposition myself from the pub to God's house. Reposition myself from all my evil friends, <laughs> and they were many, <laughs> to now people who were evil. <laughs> Some still, still question marks. <sighs> but by the grace of God, we've been saved, and now we're changed, and we're in God's house. Okay, so you need to realize you're God's investment, but God wants you to invest. And that's why some people in life are like, you know, can I encourage you if this is you? Why have I got no friends? Because the Bible says to have friends, you've got to show yourself to be friendly. You've got to be a friend to have them. A lot of people want stuff that they're not really ready to give. I don't want to be your friend. I just want people to be my friends or I'm out of here. You're going to be out of here all your life. Because if you want to have friends, you've got to invest in friendship. And you're going to make, I'm going to sow in something. You know, people, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, I have done that in my early 20s, early 20s, where you go to the bank and I'm like, sure that I've got money in my account. And I've gone up to the teller and I've said, listen, I should have some money in my account. And it's not coming out of the teller and the bank teller, you know, the wall. And the bank teller said to me, well, Mr. Keegan, that's because you've made no deposits. And I said, yes, I have. And then they go, do, 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 do. no, the last deposit you made was three months ago. <laughs> oh, right. So then they say, so when you go to withdraw, there's nothing there because you haven't made a deposit. Everybody in life, the reason you're not able to make a withdrawal in your relationships is because you haven't made a... <laughs> if you want to get promoted in your job, you've got to make a... in your job. A lot of people want to go to work and... Do... I want to get paid. <laughs> Why are you getting a career? To get paid? Well, you get paid for making a deposit through work. So whatever you're looking for, you've got to make a deposit. You know, sometimes God withholds from us because he's wanting us to make a change. Sometimes. There's a passage that I always really find very powerful in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Let me read it to you. 
And it's about a woman who is barren. She can't get pregnant. Her husband, Elkanah, is with her. He blesses her, but she just cannot get pregnant. And the Bible actually says the Lord had closed her womb. You know, uh, the Lord doesn't go around stopping a lot of things in our lives. You just need to know that. But occasionally in the Scripture, you will see that God says to some people in some areas of their life, no. And what you think you should have, for sometimes, for some people, God actually says, no. Now that no with God, I've discovered is not many times no forever. Usually with God, it's no now. And I've discovered with God, God's either saying, hello, he's saying, you're not ready. (laughs) That can happen. So he'll say, go slow. He'll say, grow. Or God knows, you're just not ready for what you're wanting. He'll say, no. Because sometimes you get things that you think you want. But as somebody once said, when you get what you want, will you want what you got? God says, I'd rather go slow and slow you down than give you something that's going to hurt you or you're going to hurt other people. How many people prayed and said, Lord, let me marry somebody? (laughs) I did. When I was newly saved, I got saved and I just fell in love with the Lord and I fell in love with this girl and I fell in love with love. Some people fall in love with love, not reality. Oh, I just felt that. That was for someone. Someone here, they fall in love with love, but not in love with reality. As somebody once said, moonlight and roses soon becomes daylight and dishes. (laughs) Get off the couch and clean the dishes. That's how that goes. Anyway, but I just look back now and I think the girl that I was like, I was in love with the Lord and she used to lead worship and stuff and I fell in love with her leading the worship. And now I think, dear Lord, what was I thinking? If I had married her, I, well, I can't even imagine it. But what was I saying to the Lord? Lord, she's the one. And the Lord was just up in heaven having a flat white going, this guy's crazy. This angels, he's got, he's got no clue, no clue. And the Lord was deeply correct. <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 1, listen, let me read it to you. It says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look on your servant's misery, and remember I said she's barren, remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and Eli's the priest, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. (laughs) She said, not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli the priest answered, go in peace. 
May the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Here's Hannah, right? She's praying. She's, she's just desperate for the Lord. And the Bible says that she's just been praying so long that she's not even making a noise. There's no voice coming out. Her lips are moving. And uh, have you ever been so deep praying for something that you just now, you've run out of words and you just, her, her lips are just going. And Eli Priest's like, this woman's tanked. <laughs> what has she been drinking? And he doesn't realize, no, no, she's just been praying for a long time. She's hungry. She's desperate. And she's crying out to God. And listen, everybody, the Lord has allowed her to be barren. Sometimes God will let you have nothing happening until you cry out to Him. Sometimes God will give you no breakthrough until you stop and say, right, everything else has got to wait. Everything's got to go on slow or go on no. I have got to pour my heart and my life out to God. And, and she got to the point where she's like just pouring it out to God. And then she says, God, and here's what God's waiting for. If you will give me a child, if you give me a son, God, I will give the son to you. She was saying, if you'll invest in me, God, again, but this time at a new level with a child, I'll give the child to you. And the priest thinks, this woman's drunk. And the whole thing is, she's not drunk at all. She's desperate. <laughs> Don't be put off people when people think you're a Christian. Now, what is wrong with you? What happened? You became a Christian. Are you drunk? Are you crazy? No, I'm just desperate. And I'm pouring my heart out to God. Haven't even got the words anymore. But guess what? When I poured my heart out to God, God heard me. Everybody, when I poured my heart out to God, He heard me. Can I encourage you? God hears us and God moves when you pour out your heart and your life to Him. Who are you talking to? Who do you pour your heart out to? How many people in the world, you watch a, mo you watch a movie, you know, you see a movie come out, and I'll watch an action movie, and next minute they're in the bar, and somebody at the bar is pouring their heart out to the barman. <laughs> movie after movie, telling the barman, the barman's like, chopping up the drink. What they're doing is pouring their heart out to people who've got no solutions, no answers, no hope, and cannot help them. And guess what? Many of you in here tonight, you still go to the people who've got no answers, no solutions, can't help you, got no counsel, no, no wisdom. But you go to them time and time again. And you wonder, why am I got nothing breaking through? Why is there nothing, no change? Because you still need to realize that you need to pour your heart out to God. You've got to pour your heart out to the Lord. And I love it. When you pour out your heart to God, listen, God that we serve is the God who is able to take something from your prayer, something out of nothing, and cause 1,251 children to be sponsored in June, like Western Australia. <laughs> Woo! Because we poured our heart out to the Lord. Help us to do it, Lord. Help us to love and serve the children. Romans 4, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, speaking of Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations. 
in the presence of whom of him whom he believed God and look at this everybody the word of God over your life who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did did you get that everybody listen to the God that we serve this is the God who gives life to the dead there's people in this service tonight outside of Christ you are dead There's people here, literally, if God hadn't stepped into your life, you would be dead. All of us outside of Christ are spiritually dead. And then the Bible says, this is the God who gives life to the dead, the spiritually dead, the emotionally dead, the relationally dead. And then he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Sue and I, how could we ever be parents after what happened to us in our childhood? How could we ever be stable? How could we ever be Christians? How could we ever serve God for 40 years? How could we ever do this? How could we ever be part of that? I'll tell you how we serve the God who gives life to the dead. Life to the dead heart. (laughs) And cause those things which do not exist in you. He calls them into being as though they did. God looks at you and says, you're going to be married. God looks at you and says, no, you're going to be an incredible single person who's going to do this, this, and this. God looks at you and says, no, you're going to be somebody I'm going to use. Even though you're broken, you're going to help heal families. You're like me, help heal families. Yes, you. (laughs) Grow up in poverty, God says, you're going to be rich. You're going to build my church with your finances, help my kingdom, help the children around the world who are suffering. God, everything that the enemy says over you, God says, usually the opposite. God can call you something you are becoming. That's why sometimes God, I would have pastors say, like, you know, the night I got saved, some of and he stood here, I was there, and he goes, some of you will be pastors planning churches. I thought, who would ever want to do that? <laughs> who would ever want to do that? I'm thinking, don't pray that over me, whatever you're doing there. <laughs> and now we've planted churches. He will often call you something you are not ready for. God will call you something you're not ready for. You're like, I couldn't be that. God says, yes, that's what I'm calling you. That's who I say you are. He will call you a man when you're still a boy. He'll call you things he has planned for you as though they are now. (laughs) You're like, what? Are you nuts? (laughs) He'll call you a mother while you're still a virgin, Mary. 16-year-old teenage Jewish girl, you're a mother. She's like, I'm not a mother. I haven't even got a husband. He'll call you a king when you're a kid. He'll call you victorious when you feel totally defeated. Listen, God will call you victorious. Some of you tonight are like, I'm totally defeated. God says, oh, no, you're actually going to be totally victorious. <laughs> actually, you're one of the most victorious people I'm going to have in my church in Perth. And you're like, are you, are you nuts? God goes, no, 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 I'm just the God who calls into being those things that don't yet exist. (laughs) I love it. Jay Lewis is in the house next week. We might as well have another alcoholic and drug addict here. We've got heaps already. Let's have another one. (laughs) I love it. Jay's here next week, going to be preaching. Such a horrendous background. Such a, in jail, she's been through everything. And then God goes, uh, actually, you're going to be a great pastor and a mother in the faith and help people. And, 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 
and currently she's locked up for, for theft. <laughs> and she's like, God's like, don't worry about that. No, no, that, that's going to be gone. You're going to be a great preacher. And actually, you'll be preaching in Global Heart Church on a Friday night. And you'll impact a lot of people's lives. Yeah, that's going to be great. Imagine if you had told Jade that back then. She was like, are you nuts? He'll call you healed while you have various symptoms. You're saying, I got this symptom. God says, no, you're healed. Yeah, I still got that symptom. God says, declare with me. Join me, God says in my declaration, you're healed. He'll call you delivered while you're yet stumbling in sin. <laughs> you're stumbling in sin and God says, yeah, no, I've delivered you of that. You just need to agree with me. You need to say, God, thank you that you are delivering me from my broken life. You're healing my heart, filling up my emotional tank, filling up my spiritual tank, filling up my relational tank. Thank you, Lord, I'm being healed daily in Jesus' name. We just got to get in agreement with what God says. You know, uh, Mark 11, Bible talks about Jesus on the road one day, comes to Bethany in Mark 11. Bible says he was hungry. He sees in the distance a fig tree in leaf. He goes up to see if there's any food on it. Couldn't find anything on it. Nothing but leaves. And the mother says it was not the season for figs. And he says to it, may no one ever eat from you again. Nice little fig tree there on the side of the road. Got no fruit on it. And Jesus says, he basically curses it and says, no one will eat from you ever again. What was Jesus really saying? He saw the fig tree in a distance and he was thinking, oh, that'll have fruit on it. But the season wasn't right. The fig tree in Scripture really in this passage is talking about religion. You look at the religious, you look at religion when you're a kid. I went to religious school. You look at religion and think, this is going to be it. It's going to fill my hunger. This is going to be it. Can I encourage you? Religion will never fill you. Religion will never fill your hunger. It looks like it, but it won't. It left the masses starving around the world. Can I encourage you? Jesus wants you to know that his church is meant to be fruitful every day. Filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with His presence, filled with His power, filled with His salvation, filled with His anointing. And Jesus doesn't leave you starving. And He's saying to the church, listen, you should be seeing salvation. You should be feeding people. People should have their hunger filled spiritually and hello, the children in reality. So can I encourage everybody, don't be looking for religion, look for Jesus to fill you up. And the other reason Jesus, amen. Let him feel your hunger. Amen. And the other reason is Jesus was also pointing out this tree is violating its creative mandate. It's meant to give forth fruit. It's meant to give forth figs. And in actual fact, what he's saying to us as Christians is your season is all the time. You'll be producing when you are putting me first and building your life upon me and building your life upon my house. You'll be producing fruit all the time. And I want to encourage you, when you are not multiplying and not producing, here's what the devil has done to you and done to us. He stopped your creative mandate that God gave us in Genesis. Go forth, multiply. Go forth, subdue. Go forth. God has called us to create, to multiply. We are designed for multiplication. Have you noticed that? And who are the great multipliers between men and women? It's the women. Did you know that? Give a woman a seed, she'll give you a baby. Give a woman trouble, she'll give you hell. <laughs> she'll, she'll, <laughs> Girls are the great multipliers. But men, we're called to as well. 
We're called to multiply. Everybody, you're called to multiply. <laughs> Girls, you are. You give, give my wife three vegetables and I don't know, whatever, and in 20 minutes, she's got a hot meal on, meal on the table and Jordan will bear witness to it. First and second witness. And I'm like, Sue, how did you do that? She's a multiplier, naturally and spiritually. Girls, don't let the enemy stop you from multiplying. Women are called to multiply. You know, the Bible says, don't be deceived, everybody, in Galatians. It says, don't be deceived. God's not mocked, which means he's not made, God's not made a joke of. Can't thumb your nose at God. It says, therefore, whatever a man or woman sows, whatever you put in the ground, you'll reap. My family is sowing alcohol, sowing, what else, the horses, sowing angst and hatred. And we reaped a huge tree of poverty, angst, hatred, and problems. We had to say, Lord, pull up the root system in Sue and I, and Lord, please plant something new, because this tree sucks. Everybody, you need to realize the tree that you're living with sucks if it's not working and God's not in it. Don't just sit in your life down looking at a dead tree. Get up and say, Lord, (laughs) gosh, I'm sick of that dead tree. And God goes, yeah, me too. (laughs) And get with God and say, Lord, help this deadness of my old life. I give it to you. That's what you could do. Give it to God and say, Lord, help me now. Father, as I begin to sow in relationship, sow in you, sow in your house, sow into people, Lord, bring about a new tree. Let it be a tree of blessing. Let other people come and rest under the tree of my life. That what you do, God, in me, let other people be blessed by that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody, you might say, well, I'm not even investing. I don't even know about investing. Listen, if you were on the pokies last night, you were investing in Crown Casino. (laughs) And they're very happy that you did because they set the machine for you to lose every second go. (laughs) Actually, every go. (laughs) Everybody's investing somewhere. Your life's going somewhere. Going to some person, sowing into their life, sowing over here, sowing over here. I reckon the amount of people, look at me for one minute, the amount of people who are walking with people in their lives who are meant to have nothing to do with your life is huge. I think absolutely huge. I've been doing this for 40 years and I watch people and I'm like, what the heck are you doing with that person? I met them on Facebook. <laughs> have you heard of the word block? <laughs> block, block, block. And now you're doing life with somebody. Here's what we do. When you're broke, when you're poor, when your life's suffering, when your life has been, guess what we do? We find all the other people like that. We find them all. All the problematic people. And then I just another one for the girls, because I said it on Sunday. I've got to say it Friday night too. And then the girls like to find a bad boy. Just looking through the crowd. Not anybody particular. Girls, remember that the next tattoo you get is this. When you get a bad boy, you get bad. How hard is that? 40 years of counseling coming out right now. 
I feel better. Thank you. <laughs> Stop doing that. Go, I got to find somebody who's putting God first. If you find a guy who puts God first, sits in God's house, puts in, puts in, gives his tithes and offering, puts money into God's house, sits in God's house, starts helping people. Listen, girls, here's a revelation. If you find a guy who will do that, he'll possibly do it for you and your children. Otherwise, you'll spend the rest of your life saying, I'm going to change this bloke. Oh, no, I'm going to change him. I'm going to change him. Then your mother says, yeah, you said that to me 35 years ago. (laughs) You cannot change anybody. You can only change yourself. Last couple of thoughts. So into the next generation. So with the next generation in mind. I began to invest into our kids. Sue began to invest. Now we're reaping from that investment, being blessed by our own children. Invest in follow-through on what you have said. Invest in follow-through on what you have said. One more time. Here's another tattoo. Put an eagle on it. Put a cat on it. Whatever you're going to put on it. (laughs) Whatever floats your boat. Invest in follow-through on what you have said. People are like, yeah, God, here I am now. Do a miracle in my life. And God goes, I'd like to. But you want a one-night stand. I want a relationship. So many people are wanting God to be the magic man. Come along, Lord, with your magic wand. Do a magic wand one thing over me. Everybody, you have been watching too many Aladdin movies. This is not the kingdom of Aladdin. This is the kingdom of God. This is His kingdom. Actually, this is His body. This is His life. So people want, Lord, come and do this. You got, yeah, it's 8 o'clock, 10 past 8. You got, Lord, you know, by 9 o'clock, you need to have done it or I'm done. You know, one night only. No. God says, follow through on putting me first. Follow through on putting me at the head of everybody else. Ask me what you should do daily. And then everybody, here's why a lot of people with broken lives, you guys don't, won't get free. Hang on, some of you have got free. But here's why a lot of you won't. Because you are God to yourself. You call the shots, you're broken, you're poor but you still call the shots. And Sue and I had to go, and I had to go. I was a tough cookie back then. I'm tough enough, I was a tough cookie then, cheapers. And I had to go to God, right. All right, I want a new life. I don't want to do this again. We're going to repeat this again. I'm going to just follow what my dad's done. Okay, I'm here and I'm going to church. I'm here all the time, Lord. Your house, your people, can you do something with me? And the Lord goes, wow follow through with that and I will so I followed through and I've been in church now unless I'm away in Margaret River which I'm thinking about even as I'm preaching gee the flesh just jumps up anywhere but I'm in God's house and that's why I have a miracle life and that's why some of you will 
And that's why some of you never will. Because you still want the reins and you want to be, even though you're broke, even though you're burnt, even though your relationships are cactus, you still want to be in the driving seat. But you keep crashing the car. Keep having to go and put the old bomb of a car in the paint shop again. (laughs) I went, Lord, I'm out of the driving seat. You drive. I'm in your house. Uh, Show me and see what we should do now. We're in the passenger seat. Let's go, God. We're not going anywhere. There's no, here's what we discovered, everybody. Nowhere to go. Did the clubs, did the pubs, did the people, did the crazy parties. Let's not even go there. There's nowhere to go. Where you're going? That's this big answer for your life. Where is this big place you all go to? The kingdom of Netflix. (laughs) Where is it? Getting with other broke, busted people. Everybody, get out of the driving seat tonight. Say, I'm getting out, Lord. Come over and join the rest of us who got out of it, who now have a new life, new family, new hope. The investments are coming back. And as we get older, life is looking really good. Life is looking really good. Listen, that's God's plan for you. But my question to you is, will you get out of the driving seat? Or do you still want to go, let's go to Broke Town. Everybody who's broke, jump in the car with me. Everybody who's at it, come on. All you drunks, come with me. Let's go together. Off the cliff. You drive off the cliff, and then you go, how did this happen? Because you're still driving the car. Get out the car, everybody. Slam the, uh, no, leave the door open for the Lord and go over here. Follow through on what you say to God. Follow through on what you say to God. When it's cold, when you're offended by other Christians, when you're offended at church, when you don't want to serve, follow through on what you say. If you follow through on what you say, God may trust you in time. And when God trusts you, listen, He blesses you. And he brings about the miracle that you cried out, Lord, I'm desperate. I haven't even got the words. And God says, you know that prayer you prayed back then? Here's your baby, Hannah. Here's your son. Guess what? Hannah didn't even realize. She cried out, poured her heart out to God. God gave her the son. Listen, her son went on and blessed nations. Sometimes God's withholding a nation-shaking blessing from you because He's waiting for you to get out of the driving seat. Listen, come round to the passenger seat and pour your heart out to God so He can get Samuel on the way. (laughs) He can get the prophet on the way. In Jesus' name. Tonight's your night. I don't know who's here but there may just be one person who gets out of the driving seat plants himself in God's house who may become a preacher or a leader or a business person who builds the kingdom of God even if there's one tonight it'll be so worth it to me if tonight you get out of that driving seat come round start to invest into God's kingdom 
and watch God change your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your family, everybody around you in Jesus' name. Can somebody say a big amen? Come on. Can somebody say a big amen? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.